0: So today we're going to be finishing um, chapter 18. So we've been, the last few weeks, talking about, um, I guess starting with John, we've been framing this all with a uh, conversation about, about children, okay? So I think uh, something I learned this week is that chapter 18 is one of sort of like four big places in Matthew that have Jesus' sayings or, or teachings or like heavy, you know, um, dialogue from Jesus. And so what I kept thinking is, like, uh, a lot of people like us at our church or people who are living as Christians now, they're like, I want to be like Jesus. So many Christians say they want to, but I really want to. And so here's my, uh, here's our chance in what we're going to talk about today to let that be a reality, that we are living um, a way that Jesus called us to and so these, these words are Jesus lining out the new covenant, this new way of being um, the, the kingdom of heaven at hand right now and so we're going to talk about forgiveness uh, today and um, hopefully think of it in a different way um, or at least just think about it so let me um, we kind of talked a lot already so let me, let me pray again to just kind of ready ourselves to um, read scripture God um, what a beautiful, I, we almost don't need a sermon, right, just hearing the way um, that you have been near this week in so many different ways. Um, and just pray, I pray that our um, hearts are open to the conversation of forgiveness and, and what that means um, in our daily lives uh, and in community with each other. Amen. So I'm going to be reading from chapter 18, starting in verse 15. If another member of the church sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. If the member listens to you, you have listened If the member listens to you, you have regained that one. But if you are not listened to, take one or two others along with you, so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If the member refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if the offender refuses to listen, even to the church, let such a one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. <laughs> True, truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I, truly I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name... Oh my gosh, I'm totally reading the wrong thing. Oh no, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> Y'all. <laughs> I was like, this is not how this ends. This is how it ends. Where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them, y'all. Oh, man. Okay. Um, we're going to come back to that, is why I thought it was the wrong thing. But I was planning to read it then. So, ah, okay, I need to take a deep breath. Okay, so like I said earlier, chapter 18 is framed by the first verses from the chapter, right? It goes back to this picture of Of a child. So what I intended to read was the beginning of of chapter 18. So this is what it says. At the time the disciples who came to Jesus asked, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a child whom he put among them and said, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever becomes humble like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. So I'm wondering why in a I mean I know they weren't broken down in chapters, but I'm wondering why so close to the conversation about being childlike would be a discussion about forgiveness. And that's if anyone has a thought on that. Childlike and forgiveness. Yeah, like why would those be together? Yeah. Forgiveness to to people, but I think as adults we we hold a lot to ego. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you think adults are quicker to forgive kids? Yeah. I hadn't thought of that before. I was kind of thinking of it in two ways. I was thinking of kids' resistance when you're like, "Tell your sister you're sorry," um, which isn't actually something we do. My mom didn't make us say we're sorry because she's like, "They don't mean it," so <laughs> we don't necessarily do that. But I was thinking about that, like kids don't necessarily always—they're not like ready to say it. But the same as Romy, I was thinking like, how I could be, you know, totally dismissive to my kid, telling me like about a book, and be like, "Oh yeah, okay," but like he's gonna come back later and tell me all the plot points of a book called Fart Quest and, like, be ready to forgive that I hadn't listened, right? Like, he's ready to come back. Or even we can see in a three-year-old, like, I, I get upset with him, and he wants me to comfort him because, right? Like, that, that they, the kind of, like, way that children forgive looks so different, um, certainly than the way I do. Um, so let's read... <laughs> y'all feel like I can't get where I'm going. Okay, we're going to read, this is the main part we're going to be talking about today, starting in verse 21 um, and through the end of the chapter. So y'all hang with me for this story. Um, Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times. And Jesus said to him, not seven times, but I tell you 77 times, right? Or seven times seven. Uh, We've heard also For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began the reckoning, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him, and he could not pay. His Lord ordered him to be sold together with his wife and children and all his possessions, and payment to be made. So the slave fell on his knees before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the Lord of that slave released him and forgave him the debt. But the same servant, as he went out, came upon his fellow servant, who owed him a hundred denarii, and seizing him by the throat, he said, pay what you owe. Then his fellow slave fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me, and I will pay you, but he refused. Then he went and threw him into prison until he would pay the debt. When his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to the Lord all that had taken place. Then his Lord summoned him and said to him, you wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have mercy on your fellow slave as I have had mercy on you? And in anger, his Lord handed him over to be tortured until he would pay his entire debt. So my heavenly father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. A lot of times parables feel uh, like there's like a lot going on where you're like, what does this mean? This is so confusing or something. But I feel like we can all see ourselves in that pretty quickly, right? That like we want, I don't know, our bosses, our partners, we want to be forgiven. We do not want to offer the same forgiveness. Like we want, we want quick like, oh, I'm sorry, I should have done that, you know, that kind of quick response. But I don't think we want to give that same, um, extend it to others. And so I want us to think about, Uh, kind of shift the way, maybe, that we view forgiveness, and that being forgiven and forgiving can't be separate, that it's like an inhale and an exhale, right? So an inhale is receiving forgiveness um, from each other, from God, and the exhale is then being able to forgive. So it's the inhale and the exhale. And, right, we know, like, you can only, you can't do one without the other. Um, So that there's, like, a receiving and a forgiving within, or a receiving and a giving within it. Um, but of course, there's the like two verses at the end of the parable that are kind of terrifying, right? This is what they say. They say, And in his anger, his Lord handed him over to be tortured until he would pay his entire debt. So my heavenly Father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother and sister from your heart. So, okay. So what do we do with that, I guess? It's like, this guy is terrible. We know that. He totally sucks. But also, are we... If we're also him, um, are we not going to be forgiven if we can't forgive from the heart every single time? Um, and so, I guess it kind of made me start to think about like the other messages we're receiving about forgiveness being freely given and God's love and, and all those things. That you're like, okay, how do you, how do we put those together as as two, um, yeah, as both things being said, I guess. And on top of that, that it's not even like just. Uh, easy, like, oh, sorry, or, you know, like the quick apology, or if you're like me, like, text later <laughs> when everyone's at work. Um, right, that it's like true forgiveness from the heart, like a, like a real um, accepting and giving and, and all of that. And so this is what uh, our friend N.T. Wright has to offer about this inhale and exhale. Um, he says, whatever the spiritual, moral, and emotional equivalent of the lungs may be, It's either open or closed. If it's open, able and willing to forgive others, it will also be open to receive God's love and forgiveness. But if it's locked up to one, it will be locked up to the other. So in sticking with the inhale and exhale, it's like in the way that breathing is life, right, that is how we live, then we need to begin to see forgiveness, the giving, the receiving, all of it as our way of life, right? So Wright continues, he says, we should never give up making forgiveness and reconciliation our goal. So something that I thought was really beautiful is that looking up a definition of forgiveness, that it's actually uh, an action. So forgiveness is like the process. It's um, not Not like having already happened, but forgiveness is sort of that ebb and flow of of the action of of becoming um, forgiven. And so this is where I think the verses I read at the beginning come back into play, which I won't read again. But they're they're like this picture of what forgiveness can look like, right? And so the image we see is is people in community going to each other. We don't see it as like a forgive and forget or enduring abuse or hate or not trying to reconcile. We don't see it as just like taking it all and being like, oh, you're forgiven. It's fine, it's fine, it's fine. It's, talk, it's the communication of forgiveness is what we're seeing in those chapters. And so they, to me, can feel idealistic, right? That it's like, well, here's the exact way that we forgive. But I think there's a lot more in that um, in that too. So, so that's one piece, right? That it's like, it's not just the accepting of something as like, it's fine, I'm fine, we're fine, that kind of mentality, but it's it's more than that, right? It's the working out um, between people. And so a lot of times we use the language of like, God wanting what is best for us. And I was thinking about that in regards to forgiveness, because I know as a child, a lot of times I would accept things as like, okay, well, the Bible says so, I guess we have to whatever, you know. But when we kind of explore further that we think about the benefits of forgiveness. I'm sure y'all can add to this list, but, like, that's how we work through our past, right? That's how we work through hurt and shame is learning to forgive. And it can make us feel closer with the people we're in relationship with, right? If you have people that you are actively working to forgive, um, to be in that kind of relationship with, you're going to feel closer, right? Because you feel like you're not on edge that you're going to do something wrong. You know that when you inevitably hurt them, that there is... um, Reconciliation on the other side. Um, I read this. It says, Research shows forgiveness is good for the person who offers it, reducing anger, depression, anxiety, and fear, affording cardiovascular and immune system benefits. That's so cool. <laughs> it's, like, really interesting. I read this whole long study about, like... Well, I didn't read the study. I read a thing about the study. But it's, it's neat that they're doing research about what forgiveness can mean for the person who gives it. And then... Um, also thought this was really beautiful from Reverend Elizabeth Milford. She says this, When we let go of resentment and anger and relinquish the grudges we have, we open up space. Space to experience all of the other emotions uh, present in our lives. Space to experience grief if we need to grieve, joy and hope. Most of all, forgiveness offers us the space to experience God's grace and love more fully. It's great, right? There's all these beautiful things. And so... Let's go back to the last verses, though, even though we're like painting this beautiful picture of forgiveness. So, uh, what do we do with these verses? I guess is kind of where I'm, I'm thinking at the end of this. It's like I'm not that interested in getting into a discussion about atonement in this, in this time, but I think that something we as a church really um, tend to agree on is the importance of viewing. The Kingdom of Heaven being now, right not just later, we really take steps to not be people who focus only on the afterlife and only what's to come, but we want um, things now to be seen the way Jesus wanted them to be and so um, we want to experience this we want to experience life right God and creation and relationship and so um, I think the more uh, the more that we can Inhale, like give that inhale and exhale of forgiveness that that's um, what we're going to see that happening like that's how we were called like it's a it's a simple thing that's how we were called to be is people of reconciliation and I think also there's a ton of freedom in that right that like um, we know when you hold on to something that you either need to forgive or be forgiven for that's heavy and so there's freedom in living a life of uh, forgiveness and reconciliation Um, we're going to finish by doing sort of like a guided prayer meditation time at the end. And, um, Brian's going to come up in a minute and he's going to play a little music behind us. Not because I'm trying to make it like a more spiritual thing, but I, I heard a thing this week that was like kids study better with music in the background. So I was like, all right, let's do it today when we're trying to think and be, be still. And so I'll kind of guide you through that, um, And this will just be a time for you to think about forgiveness. Like, I think it's simpler if we let it be. And I think it can be part of our inhale and exhale and that we can be um, people of reconciliation. So I'm going to, we're gonna go directly into communion from our time of prayer. And so I want you all to be reminded that the table is open. So anyone who wants to join, who wants to partake in communion is invited. Um, no matter what, like we talk about how uh, at the Last Supper with Jesus, the, like all the crazy things that they were gonna do later or had done, right? The disciples got to be there. at The first one, like, so we can definitely come. <laughs> um, but the way it works is we'll do a liturgy of response, and then we'll sing a few songs. So just come up. Um, so if you'll if you'll bow your head or you know, you can look me right in the eyes, whatever feels prayerful to you, doesn't have to be, but you know, kind of be in that space alone with you and God, and um, we're going to pray together, so God, um, we sing a lot of songs about forgiveness, and it comes up in a lot in scripture, it's taught to our kids, and yet I think it's something we really resist because it's hard and it's uncomfortable. so pray that you meet us here in this time as we um, think about our own feelings about forgiveness, our own experience. So I want you to start by just taking a minute to find your breath, to be here, present in this moment. Um, you can imagine the inhale and exhale to be uh, like the longing for forgiveness, um, and also, you know, acknowledging that that you've been forgiven. Just stay there, though. Don't go anywhere else. (laughs) I want you to ask God to show you a time that you were forgiven, just when you needed to be, um, when someone offered it to you. If it feels good to just think about a time you've received forgiveness, that's beautiful and you can stay there. Um, But if not, I want you to ask God to show you places in your life where you need to ask for forgiveness um, or to offer it. And then finally, um, I want you to make a plan of a next step. For some of us, it's like the hard work of therapy and working through really big things. Um, for some of us, maybe it's just choosing that on our way home today, we're gonna let the drive be quiet and prayerful or tonight after the kids are in bed or whatever that looks like to find the time to continue this um, conversation with god but we're make a plan of a next step right cuz 5 minutes after after the sermon isn't isn't enough our forgiveness needs to be the inhale and the exhale right